all right, we are here with Charlie Ann Holmberg. She is no newbie to book launches. Um, she's very prolific in uh, you know, her career thus far as published author. And this is her second time on the Nerd Cantina before we talked about Spellmaker. No, Spellbreaker was the first one. Spellmaker was the sequel. And now we are here talking about her newest release, Star Mother. Um, it's out now. It's been, it got, came out November 1st, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, so yeah, it's all out and you can read it, pick it up. Um, I finished it, I think, pretty quickly. It was a pretty quick and um, engaging read. So thank Thanks. you so much, Charlie. Yeah, thank you so much for being here, for taking the time to visit with us again and, um, you know, just chat with us about yet another book you're launching into the world. Well, thanks for having me. I love Nerd Cantina, so I'm always happy to (laughs) be here. Awesome. So can you give like a brief synopsis of um, the book to, you know, just kind of give our readers a little bit of familiarity so that they can follow along with the conversation if they haven't, they haven't, you know, picked it up or heard about it yet? Yeah, of course. So this is a high fantasy novel that follows the idea Stars are godlings that power the universe, and they can only be created by the sun god and a mortal mother. And the mother always dies in the birthing process until one day she doesn't. And so it's all about, like, why didn't this this woman die? What is she going to do now? Something has gone wrong, and she's been misplaced in time, so she doesn't go back to the same world that she knew. And, like, what's her relationship going to be like with the sun god? All of that fun stuff. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. So it's very um, unique. So I don't think we need to go in your background because if anybody else has been listening or, or ha- I feel like people have heard your name before. So, you know, we could skip all that juicy stuff. Um, Not enough people because a lot of people still think I'm a man. Oh, no. So- <laughs> does that help with sales or anything or you're not sure you know I don't know because I know a lot of women have to publish under a pen name yeah because like for them it does help and I don't need to because my name is Charlie there you go (laughs) there you go yeah that's no that is um that is interesting that's like uh yeah it's one of those things where I have noticed that about authors um or they go with the initials or something yeah the initials safe safe initials yeah Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, let's get into the whole uh, world you've built here. So I found it super interesting and yeah, we'll, we'll try to be spoiler free because um, we don't know why uh, she survived and we don't know why we don't know why she is displaced in time. Mm-hmm. And it takes a very, I, I don't want to say it takes a very long time in the book, but I, that was like the one thing that was like, kept pulling me along for sure. Cause I was like, well, okay, what happened? Like, why is, <laughs> you know, and I can only feel like I felt, I, you know, I felt bad for her because she was, you know, we'll get into her as a character. Um, but it's yeah, because you know, she did this selfless thing and, you know, she volunteered to be the star mother. And so with the history of it, is it like, is that usually how it goes? Like people have to volunteer or they're chosen or like, cause it's like a big deal. If like somebody it's like when this star dies, another one, ha- it has to be replaced. And so mm-hmm. like, cause I, I was under the impression that um, they have to volunteer, but they're like really pressured to do so. Like it's they gotta be someone. Be, yeah. Right. It depends. 
I think it depends because there are some people and there's even a character like this in the book, very minor character who wishes she were younger because she's no longer of childbearing years and wishes she could do it like Mm. so badly. Whereas you have other characters who are like, but like, I want to do this thing with my life still, you know, because the whole idea is that if you do this, you get like a, a glorified place in heaven, like your name is remembered in song, your family is glorified. Like, you know, it's like being knighted times a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Such a huge deal. So a lot of people like jump at the chance. And obviously, I mean, it does mean death, you know, after living in a, you know, celestial palace for nine months, that's pretty nice. Oh, God, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it does mean death and, you know, everybody, everybody's going to look at it differently for sure. So right. I, I tried to make it sound good and I definitely wanted there to be a volunteer aspect to it because otherwise we start getting kind of rapey and I really didn't want that in there especially because I don't the sun god is not a bad character he's just a law-bound character and I Mm -hmm. really wanted to differentiate that yeah and he is such an interesting character because his overall like facade was yeah like this is you know, this is just the way things are. This is just the mm-hmm. way things have to be. And there's not much that I can do about it. And mm-hmm. like, you know, and so um, I, I did pick up on just getting to know you as an author. I did pick up on the fact that like, you don't, I don't like using the term religious, but you know, you're very like um, connected to your faith. And so yes. I, you know, I could tell with some of your writing so far that you know, that definitely, you know, um, leaks into your ideas and and your style and kind of like your character developments even um so Mm -hmm. how did like you know uh, the sun god he's he comes off he comes across as like god like the the hat honcho whatever so um did that like did your faith like and you know your history and your personal life and all that good stuff did that kind of like really inspire this idea more so than like your other works you know, um, the gods, not so much. The genealogy in this book, yes. Okay. Like that comes, that's, genealogy is a really huge thing in my faith. Um, it's really interesting because, and usually not on purpose, mm-hmm. I can go back through some of my books and be like, oh, I could totally see a connection with that in my faith, you know? But then I feel like religion is such a vital world building aspect that I do often include it in a lot of my books, even if it does not line up with what I personally believe, because, you know, this is like another world, you know, like my God doesn't exist in this world, Mm -hmm. you know, and like, there's often our different belief systems and and such in my books, not necessarily ones that I would personally agree with, but they're ones that my characters believe, believe in, you know, because if all the characters were like me, then I mean, I'd be writing the same book over and over. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's really cool that that like, you know, gives you an, an avenue to explore different uh, methods of worship or, or different like Mm -hmm. connections. Cause I know some people, you know, they, they really follow it to the T and then others are just kind of like, you know, on the other end of really like, I'm still super skeptical. I'm not sure about this, blah, blah, blah. And then there's people like all sorts of people in between the spectrum Mm -hmm. and so I imagine there's like so much material there for you to like explore oh there's so much especially when you can just make stuff up you can pull stuff out of your butt like there's so much to play around with and like you know sometimes 
there'll be things that are based on, on real world religion. So the, the main religion in my numinous series was based off of Christianity and I am Christian. Um, and it's not, and I don't put it in a good light. It's not in a good light in that one, even though like in, in my, in Charlie's world, I'm like, yay, Jesus, (laughs) but you know, and, but then there's other things where I'm just like, well, what if this, like, Mm -hmm. what if there were little godlings crawling around or what if there were demons coming up, but they were sexy, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Right. No, I, I, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of, um, because it's supposed to be the the temp, you know, the temptation, right? So they definitely they definitely play up that part in a lot of um, you know, uh, religious or religion based like storylines, whether in, it's in liter literature or uh, film or TV. I feel like you know, cause first thing I think of is Lucifer, and the actor is <laughs> like, yes, very sexy. And so it's like, like really, like what? <laughs> but there's also um, you know, because I was raised Catholic, and so I'm like. I, you know, I know a, a certain number of things, but I just haven't necessarily gone out of my way to explore uh, different perspectives, but that's why I love reading works like this or, or reading other perspectives from um, even different periods of time, mm-hmm. different regions around the world. Cause like, as you know, as you grow older, you realize like, oh, holy crap, the world is so big. And yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's just, there's so much more than what you know, you were like exposed to, uh, you know, growing up Absolutely. and I, I, you know, and I, and I know that my parents just wanted me to have something, you know, I, I didn't yeah. feel cornered into that, uh, to Catholicism necessarily, but yeah, they just, but I never felt like, you know, this is what you have to be this, though. They're just like, well, you know, we just wanted you to have something. We just, this yeah. is what we're familiar with. We want you to have something and, you know, something to guide you. And so I definitely like appreciated that. And so, no, it's cool. Like, cause religion, I think like just has so many, it touches like almost every little aspect of life, no matter what. So it's, mm-hmm. um, no, it's really cool that, you know, you, I, that's, I just found a lot of those parallels and with, um, the sun God and then, you know, I, I got a little uh, confused about what's going on with the moon. I don't, because I know there's like, because there's like this war and stuff and like you go into that, but I'm also wondering like, I don't, because I know there's a sequel coming out. Starfire. Yeah, there's a lot more moon, moon stuff. In okay, sequel. good. Because yeah. I'm like, yeah, because I had a feeling like, well, you should probably gonna explore this a little bit more because I was like, wait, what's the beef with the moon? Like what, mm-hmm. what is going on with that? So that's good to know that um you know, you're gonna, you're gonna expand on that. Cause it was, it was a little just kind of like mentioned and it was like, it was a thing. It was like this overarching like problem, <laughs> you know? And so it's really cool. So like, how did you um, come up with the idea of, you know, Ristril, if I'm like pronouncing his name correctly. Um, oh. And then like, he's very ambiguous. He's a very ambiguous character. And I want to hear, you know, what what went on to developing his him as a character oh man sometimes like it's like how do you come up with this and I'm trying to think I'm like how because I've written like five books since this yeah. book I'm like <laughs> how did I come up with that where's my if I had if I had my notebook with me I'd look up exactly where I started oh right from. okay sorry I didn't get you no, your post-it notes because I remember the last time we, oh, we had post-it notes all over your wall I, I can't tell you his name came from um when I was a teenager my sister put my name into an elvish name generator and oh. it's like oh your elvish name is is ring christiel and so it was that but i shortened it to ristriel okay so yeah and i give mean, that's something i guess that even comes from my religion that um the whole l being that's a, a christian thing being like a godly i like it's like a not a suffix 
a prefix, like a godly okay. prefix, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, cause like, I remember sitting on the couch and when I figured out the thing that we can't talk about, yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh my gosh, this would work so well. And like, I had an idea of something similar to the thing <laughs> that I want to do for like another book. It was like in my story fodder idea. And I was like, I should put that in this book. Sorry for anyone listening. This is not interesting. But if I tell you the thing, it kind of right. ruins the book. I know, right? That's so, like kind of like, well, how can we explore this without yeah, like super, and, you know, yeah. No, it's, it's kind of coming back to me now too. And it's like, I knew that Rishriel's role in what happened, I'm like, careful of my words. That's what I came up with first. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need this thing to happen. I need to figure out how it's going to happen with the deity that I'm playing around with. And then, because like from there, like I like to say, you know, your world building forms your characters and your characters form your plot. And so Ristriel's past very much form the kind of creature that he's going to be. Mm -hmm. And so once I had to make his past first, because I had to figure out how it all fit into the, the big thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and you know, and so I was like, well, he'd probably be either this kind of person or this kind of person. I'm like, well, I want him to be a love interest. So maybe not make him a sociopath. Right. <laughs> you know? Kind of went from there. And I also think, and you see this more in star father, but scion, the sun God is, is kind of alpha male, okay. you know? And I feel like especially in romances, alpha male are just very like manly masculine men are tend to be the love interest of choice. You know, you, you take a vote of women and the majority of them want that kind of guy in their book. And that's why so many of us write that kind of guy. But I think it's interesting to step back and be like, but what about this kind of guy? Cause that's yeah. not the man. That's not the man that everyone wants. That's not the only kind of man that is is worth something right you know because Ristriel definitely like toxic masculinity does not apply to him in any way (laughs) you know he's very you could I guess you could call him a beta male but at the same time he's still like he's a lot more sensitive but he's all he's still powerful in his own right Mm -hmm, no mm -hmm. so he was he's definitely an interesting character to write yeah I that makes sense though that like the more I'm like talking to authors when they're creating their stories that makes sense that you came up with that twist like first because mm-hmm. it's like like this is it's it's the it's a boom it's like what's gonna yeah. like, stop you in your tracks and it's like now the story that story comes second like how are you gonna build up how are you gonna like mm-hmm. build up to that how are you gonna fill in these little like spaces fill in the gaps um connect the dots all that good stuff because I feel like yeah for a little bit I was confused for a, a small portion of the book because I was like like wait a second like wait when are we gonna get to this and, we're gonna get, and I was like oh my gosh like holy crap I was like and then it just became like you know I don't some of it is kind of sad but it's us it was just like oh like oh my gosh like <laughs> like it, it was almost like wait wait like I want to give you a hug or I want to like make everything better but like you know because some of it is a little heartbreaking but it's also just like oh like I don't know I, just my sound effects are the emotions that I felt like <laughs> progressing through the story um so something I want to touch back on because it is really interesting uh we can go back to like the motherhood aspect I don't know do you have kids I didn't yeah, I do you. yeah okay okay how many kids do you have whether I have two almost three years apart <laughs> okay okay but, there you go. um yeah I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old okay okay so yeah I, I was curious about that because motherhood is like just such a strong theme and like the process of uh you know 
being pregnant, developing a human child, like that's going to be a star and is going to live for like, you know, hundreds of years or whatever. And it's the way you describe like, you know, her feel, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting the character's name. Saris. Saris. Yes. And I was, I think I might've been pronouncing it wrong in my head anyway. So you can say uh, however you want. (laughs) Saris. Um, so yeah, the way like she kind of just, she immediately like feels connected and it's, it was just such an interesting concept like you know because as as mothers both you and I know like yeah of course like if I would explain like the experience of love at first sight like that that was it you know when I Mm -hmm. had my first child it was like without question and now it's like you know having all those feelings and but it's not like uh, towards another human like her it's like towards a a star like a bright you know burst in the sky or however you want to you know, describe yeah. a star. And it's like, I just found that was so interesting. And so kind of like, how did, you know, some of your feelings or some of your own experiences, not just with like her loving a star or loving like a non-human uh, offspring, but like how, you know, what, like, I just want to kind of explore that, d- taking it to that extra level of that relationship with your child's father. Because um, mm-hmm. Saris and uh, Sign have very interesting and complicated like relationship yeah after the fact because she you know she got all that she's such an interesting character where she's like selfless and but she's goofy and she's a prankster and she's also like you know she's not like you know she she's just kind of like well you know if we're gonna be here like we can get to know each other right like if we're gonna you know it's like yeah I'm supposed to die I know that but like we can still like talk and you know like yeah conversations and stuff so I yeah I know there's like a lot to unpack there but I thought you know so how did like your own experiences with motherhood and how you know exploring that relationship and kind of like transferring that into uh a new type of like you know, a family makeup and all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I definitely couldn't have written this book if I wasn't a mother. I don't, well, I could, I couldn't have written it as well, Mm. you know? And it's interesting because even now I'm, I think, you know, if I could do one more pass of revisions on this book, like I want to, I I think like I want to go in and put like more mom feelings in there, Mm. you know, because, you know, the attachment thing's interesting because not not all mothers, I think, feel the same. So my mom oh, and my sister always say that they have no attachment to the fetus until <laughs> um, until like a few weeks after after the baby's born and they're mm. getting used to it and then they grow to love it. Mm. Whereas like I'm someone very much that like as soon as I knew there was something in there, I was just like, I love you, I love <laughs> you. You know, and I'm like so excited. I'm like super attached to the baby before they ever even come out, mm. you know? And so- and Sarah doesn't get to spend a lot of time, at least is what, what the book covers, doesn't right. get to spend a lot of time with her daughter yeah. and her daughter is other. I mean, she gets to see her daughter like a few weeks later, her daughter's 10. Yeah. Like, right. you know, the equivalent <laughs> of a 10 year old. That's not a huge spoiler. I'm not worried about it. But, um, you know, it is, it is different. And I don't know. I feel like Sarah would probably fall somewhere in between because I feel like if I passed out during childbirth and then I woke up and the baby wasn't there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, well, where's my baby? I think I would freaking lose my mind. Yeah, right. But I can't yeah. write 200 pages of somebody losing their mind. That right. would be, <laughs> you know, but there's, there's, I feel there's always some kind of an attachment there. And like, we all feel it differently. Mm. And, you know, 
and like it's, that's why I said like sometimes I'm like did I put enough in there should I reread the book and see if I put enough in there but is it <laughs> worth it because I can't really add to it you know and I think about that sometimes with that book you know and there's so much of of Sarah's history is kind of told in retrospect at the end of this story yeah. and it would be interesting to be able to go into that because family is incredibly important to her and she does end up having a very large one and we won't go into details right. on that. you know right. and like family it's not even her immediate family but family is what motivates her for this whole story because yes. she's misplaced in time and she thinks well my sister has descendants I'm gonna find them because right. you know her star stars are are infertile like her, right. her celestial daughter's never gonna have descendants so she's like well, I'm stuck here. Yeah. You know, my, my baby daddy is like the most powerful emperor in the world. He doesn't have time to just like hang out with me. (laughs) You know, I got to go make it work. And so it's almost like, I wouldn't say it's a broken family, but it's like this distant family. And it's interesting for her too, because she sacrifices everything to go do this and then finds out that she gets to have some of it back. And it's this weird balance where it's like, yeah, you know, like you're sad and you're happy and it's hard to, to come to terms with, with these two halves of Saris that they, they don't meet up. The puzzle pieces of Saris don't meet up anymore. And like, what is she supposed to do with that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. Cause that's interesting. Cause it's like, obviously there's like different types of families that exist mm-hmm. in, you know, in the world, but it's obviously the, the title is star mother. We're focusing on her, perspective and her world and her character development and all these like complicated feelings that she's feeling because she's like you know she yeah like you said she does feel that attachment but she you know she can she has to like look in the sky for her daughter like she has mm-hmm. like wait where is she you know and it's 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 I, feel, I imagine it would feel so easy to be like like detached but she oh, yeah. doesn't you know like she mm-hmm. she's still very much like she can feel her daughter like nearby even though she's like literally like I don't know light years away whatever and And out of all the billions of stars she's always like that one yep yeah yeah and I thought it was so like fascinating it was just such an interesting way to uh you know kind of explore that type of relationship and explore that kind of family makeup because it's from first person point of view and so like obviously we're not going to see the sun god's like inner thoughts inner workings we're not going to get his at least not yet. We're not going to get his perspective because I noticed, you know, he doesn't really show much attachment to his children. Mm-hmm. He's very stoic. Yeah. It's, so- it's like, like the news, like a news anchor or a surgeon, you know, where it's like all these bad things are happening in the world, but you just have to like, bam, 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 go through it. Like yes. you can't cry on TV. Yes. You know, and you just desensitize yourself to it. And that's very much his story. Yeah. So is that like kind of where, um, you know, I'm sure you're going to explore this in the second uh, book and, you know, we can, I'll ask you to, you know, what we're going to expect from that. Um, but yeah, so like, is that kind of like when you were building his character, is that kind of like what you had in mind or, you know, maybe not, obviously, because we already talked about like not necessarily connecting him to your uh, idea of God, but like exploring what that particular type of being would be like. Yeah, Sion was interesting because he is kind of one of those characters where it's like, oh, I need this. And you have to kind of go back to the beginning and like fix him. And like, oh, wait, but then I need this. And you have to go back to the beginning and like fix him. I honestly think Scion probably had more character edits on him than anybody oh, else yeah. in the book. <laughs> um, because yeah, it's like, well, well, what's his motivation for this? Well, why this? 
and why this well what like why can't he do this mm-hmm. and it's like and when you build because because cyan is like the god of this of this world of this area of the world and mm-hmm. and it's like by building him I'm also world building my world and so then like I go change something about him and then I have to go change something about my world if I change something about my world I have to go change something about Mm. him and finding out how they percolate together yeah I think I (laughs) used that word right you know uh it was really interesting yeah he's definitely one that like when I was writing it, when I was drafting it, I would go back and tweak him. And when I got my alpha and beta reader feedback, I'd go back and tweak him. When I got my dev edits from my publisher, going back and tweaking him. And even in book two, going back and tweaking him. Oh, wow. Okay. Book two, because I feel like in Star Mother, you see him at the office, you know, <laughs> business son. Yeah. And then in Star Father, you get to see him out of the office. And so it's, Okay, well, if you take all of these rules and chains off of Scion, what kind of person is he? Because he's yeah. like a billion years old, right, <laughs> like, right. you know? And yeah. so, like, again, it was like going back and tweaking and tweaking. And it's funny because he seems, he doesn't seem, I think at first to have a ton of depth to him, but over yeah. the two books, he is the one that I have definitely worked on the most. Okay. And so, yeah, he's definitely an interesting character. And honestly, I think it's because of that. I'm not, I did not plan to make this more than a single book. Okay. But I was at the very end, I was on page 252 specifically, <laughs> where the things were said that I can't say on this podcast. But, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to write a second book. Like it wasn't planned. It's just when I got to that scene, I, th- I thought, I have to write a second book. I have to, I have to say more about Scion. Because you already, so how does that work when, um, was it pitched as the standalone and then you went back, like, you're like, hey, just kidding. I, I can't finish this in one book. You know, by, so, (laughs) so I gave this book to my editor right before COVID hit. Okay. So it took a while for us to actually get a contract. So by the time the contract came out, I was like, by the way, I have a second book. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like by the time like that ball got rolling, I knew what I needed to do. I probably right. even had it written. I don't even remember. I know yeah. I had a pitch for it. So. Well, you're so experienced. They were probably just like, well, okay. Like, <laughs> like well, you know, it's not like you're, you know, not like you're a successful author or anything. <laughs> like they have some, you know, you, you have some uh, uh, morals or whatever you want to say to stand on, you know, you've got, yeah. you've got a couple Hopefully. notches on your belt to prove it. Like, trust me, it's not going to suck. This is like, <laughs> I just have to do it. Like, I have to do it. <laughs> oh man. Starfather was, was a, a thing. <laughs> I was so worried. I'm like, this book is terrible. Like it's very, it's different from what I've done in the past. And it's, and it's different from, I definitely what some of my critique partners had read. And so I was like, is this terrible? <laughs> no. Right. Oh, no. Well, you're always, I mean, you're always your own worst critic, right? You're putting yeah. so much pressure on yourself, but I imagine when you're so inspired where you're like, okay, this guy, there's more to his story. Like, I can't mm-hmm. leave him alone. I can't, like, I have to, you know, explore this a little bit. Like that's, you know, at that point you just kind of, you can't ignore it it's yeah. you know yeah um so would you say uh this is like a two-part question but maybe you kind of already answered it um what was like the the more most challenging uh part about writing this story and then what was like 
the most fun like maybe something you didn't expect to get out of it but you ended up like enjoying the most most challenging for star mother was probably just making all the pieces fit because like we kind of mentioned I'd come up with this beginning of a story and this premise and then I think, okay, well, what's the big twist? What's the answer? And so you come up with the ending and then you kind of have to work backwards and make the ending and the beginning fit. And so you think you have it fitting, but then as you're writing, you're like, but wait, (laughs) you know, because like, I feel like that's a sign of a bad, of a bad plot. If someone says, well, why didn't they just do this? And it's like, oh, that ruins my whole story. And I feel like I had several of those come up. Oh no, okay. (laughs) Why don't they just do this? I'm like, oh no, you know? And so getting- getting it to fit together the way I want it to fit together, you know, cause at one point it's almost like you have to have somebody want to die, but so who's not suicidal, okay, you know? And it's so. like, it's, it was like a super weird balance. Like, how do I make this work? And like, yeah, yeah. that was a big turning point for it. And yeah, that was definitely the hardest part. What you said, what's my favorite part? Yeah. Like what did you enjoy the most that maybe you didn't expect to like, you know? <laughs> Um, I really love, obviously I love romance, right? Mm. I love all the romantic stuff. I really loved writing the split at the end. Mm. And that's all I'll say. Like, you know what that means? Like I enjoyed piecing it together, even though a lot of it is, is kind of glossed over because it's otherwise is if I'm going to include like that many years in a story. Oh (laughs) yeah. Any books. Um, but I really liked, I really liked writing um, just like the bonding stuff between Rishriel and Saris. I liked building up on that stuff. And I really like slow burns as long as I don't have to read a million books to get there. <laughs> but right. yeah, I love, I love the slow burns and I loved being able to include the mysterious man, right? Because half of their relationship is her trying to piece him together. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't get to write that very often. And so I like being able to include the puzzle of Ristriel, like in the budding romance. Yeah. And that was like a huge part of it too. Cause I think over, they spend like what, two weeks together yeah. before. Yeah. And then I'm like, <laughs> you guys go look at the timeline and I keep them like, well shoot <laughs> right right yeah it's, yeah so it's like wait you know how do you make it believable how do you make it like that time that they spent together um and a lot of those points where you know she was trying to get to know him and he was just like Trust uh, like yeah like yeah he's like <laughs> he was like you don't need to know that or he's like just changing the subject or just straight up ignoring her <laughs> like like well why are you know why are you in your situation? Like, Rishriel doesn't have doesn't have great people skills. Uh, yeah, I mean, understandably so. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember that was like one thing that, and there, there's. I guess we can also like what well, we kind of did touch upon, like comparing the two of them. But I don't know if it's because of the nature of like their makeup and um, you know who they are. It's kind of like I did see a lot of similarities in their personalities where they were both you know, Rishriel wasn't like stoic per se, but he was just very like almost oblivious. Like he was mm-hmm. very uh, to certain things. And he, you know, it's like, he, you know, he's, he's the uh, hot nerd that doesn't know that he's hot. Kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, that's kind of what he reminded me of. It's where he doesn't like get it. He's like, well, yeah, he's like, because I, but understandably so, because he's very much like focused on his situation and staying safe mm-hmm. and also staying true to his, his word that he, has promised her yeah Yeah. it's somebody somebody who watches a lot of parties on tv but has never been to a party himself (laughs) (laughs) yes yes 
and there's yeah because it's almost like where because the sun got cyan he you know he's been to a lot of parties but he like he's not interested in it at all it seems Mm -hmm. like he's just he's like okay well this yeah this this is just something that happens and you know mortals are this mortals are that and then we're wrist drills kind of like like I don't know like (laughs) it's like oh like you know I those are like he's very you know hesitant but it's so like he says it to to, like and he's very just closed off but he's also there's very good reason for it um and you know I hope so right (laughs) (laughs) and there are like you know other spoilery questions that I have but that's okay too um so (laughs) oh you kind of said the ending was glossed over I know but it was like that was kind of like my awe that I was referring to earlier it was just you know it it was like not necessarily tying everything in a bow but it was just a little bit of like trying to resolve or trying to you know close loose ends and trying to give your characters an ending that maybe they deserve or that somehow like I didn't you know they might not have seen it coming I didn't certainly didn't see it coming and it was just like yeah my sound effects from earlier was like oh but oh like <laughs> a reverse audiobook where you just like, yeah, right, the yeah. <laughs> but I did enjoy um how you how you wrote the ending I did enjoy Thank you. that style of it because it did seem it seemed like it was done right compared to just for the the nature of what you were trying to you know to fix up to not yeah. to fix up but you know to, to create yeah trying to make it sound like mythological and folklore yeah, yeah yeah for sure um so also the covers obviously they like kind of match so I always like to talk to authors like how you know what was the process for like um picking out the cover or like you know looking through your options what what was that like Michaela Alcano did the design for these and she's fantastic and I remember getting some of the preliminary sketches and I was like oh yeah there's a wolf on this one and I was like there's definitely a wolf in the book though it's maybe not the most prominent um visage in the novel but I was like but it works and like seeing as the constellation and everything and the colors like the colors I think on the cover are more telling than anything else but um I remember there was one that had um Saris and Saris on the cover with um a, a rising sun in the background okay you know but it just like this one just felt more right mm. you know and it it just felt like it fit and for the second book and I actually said for the second book we should do a lion like that I wanted a lion for the second one it's like well how do we connect all these covers together and Scion is always described as looking very lion-esque yeah but in both books he he's like if you could turn a lion to a man that's what Scion looks like (laughs) and so we got a a lion on the third on the second one and I've been I've been thinking about like what if I wrote a third book because there's one I'd like to kind of dive even deeper into the moon goddess okay yeah but I was like but what would we put on the cover (laughs) you know but maybe maybe in the future we'll see how the series does because a lot of times like that that's more determinate about whether another book happens oh but but, yeah so I am really happy with the covers like Starfather cover is interesting because you know you get a cover and it's like back and forth well maybe we should change the font or maybe we should adjust this or well I think one of them must take the star off the nose because he looks like Rudolph and (laughs) (laughs) you know but with with uh Starfather it was like yeah that's it first try <laughs> like oh, awesome. perfect <laughs> you know awesome yeah, yeah. I guess because you kind of like you, you have a little bit of a reference point for the first mm-hmm. you know and, and I like like they're like 
I don't know if this is the right word, juxtaposed differently, like, because the wolf's going up and the lion's coming down. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that too. It kind of just, yeah, it's like, I don't know if you saw them, you know, because they're not like, you know, they're not like star-crossed lovers or anything, but they're like, they're, they're, they're not even soulmates. Like, it's very interesting. They are, in, in in some ways, they are foils, not star-crossed lovers, but in some ways, they are kind of foils of each other. There's definitely a lot of contrasting points there yeah and I thought it was like super interesting how you know she's the one that lived and you know when she's displaced in time she learns like how big of a deal that is and mm-hmm. they're like you know where she makes a connection like oh like because my my body never came back like my body was never returned and mm-hmm. just kind of and then she became I don't know how to describe it but um so, you know consequently she became almost at that same level like mm-hmm. where she was the one who survived and like when she returned to not her time like people know who she is and like the um they you know they they are like worshiping her they want her to stay and they're just and she's you know I imagine you did a very good job of like making it realistic like how you know immortal that expected to like didn't expect it to not have to deal with this and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden therefore almost she was almost forced into this role of like being revered being like you know held up on a pedestal being you know just seen as like this exalted figure where she and she wasn't prepared for it she was she's not interested in it at all she just wants to find you know some connection to who she is and and who yeah. she, where she's from and like just just to find something because she's essentially like lost and yeah she doesn't you know and I imagine so many years have gone by like the environment's probably different like the I don't know if the way of life was significantly different um you know where she was like so she just added to her confusion and her her like way mm-hmm her efforts that she had to put forth to like get reacquainted with yeah it makes you want to write like star mother the unabridged version where it's like you get to like actually dive into all those things like oh their dialect's different and right and and like oh they invented the hoe or something for like agriculture and right right. and and like yeah like there there's all kinds of things and that was actually something that I had issue with with star father because star father takes place a little ways after star mother and i'm like what they have developed the printing press by now <laughs> but it's like it doesn't have to follow our world's history just like there you go yeah do i'll just do what i want <laughs> yeah you're like is this something i should even worry about like, just yeah. like <laughs> so last time we talked um you know we asked about like your writing i asked you about your like your writing process and how um because it was like still like almost the start of covid i think or middle of covid uh you know <laughs> in retrospect now that we're still kind of in it um like we didn't know it was the middle of it at the time I don't think but so you know asking like how this that experience differed from previous experiences of releasing books not during a pandemic and you kind of said well you know you when you were writing Spellbreaker uh you had already been that was like you were, were writing it before COVID happened but then you were like you were dealing with like your mental health and all that mm-hmm. and you were like really struggling and this book the spellbreaker helped move that along helped it, it was spellmaker yeah right um, yeah and then yeah. so now this- how yeah how does that experience now with this next batch of releases like how you know while and then you said 
right when COVID started, that's when the process kind of kicked off or yeah like as far as writing goes like the actual pandemic didn't affect my writing very much obviously it affected publishing and my and my publishing schedule but I mean I already was at home like I'm already working at home and and my husband works at home and so it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal for that but yeah like I said it's like 2019 was harder for me writing wise actually and like right before COVID too so yeah, and it, it was so funny because with Spellmaker and with another book that hopefully I'm going to sell <laughs> in January, um, I loved those books, but I had a hard time finishing them. I had that this even when I was like fine, I just had a weird mental block in there. And the thing that got me over it was Star Mother. Like I finished mm. Star Mother before I finished Spellmaker, mm. you know. And I don't know what it was about that book. Interesting. Because what's interesting is like I'd written like five chapters of Star Mother and I lost interest. And I went to work on something else. And for some reason, like going back to those five chapters and something about that and something about writing like Sarah's story just really helped. I wish I could tell you like some like amazing, like philosophical thing, (laughs) you know, for like why, but I can't, like, I can't tell you what it is, but like, yeah, it's in the acknowledgements. Anybody has the book, you gotta go check out the acknowledgements, but it really did. It's, I think I said something like, it's funny that this is a book about light because it did pull me out of a dark place. And yeah. I can't, I can't tell you why. Right, right. But I mean, I guess if you look at, at Spellmaker, it's, it definitely is a slightly different flavor of book <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Like, honestly, my writing process in 2019 got hard. 2020 and 2021 have been fine, except the end of 2021 is getting hard again. And honestly, I think okay. I'm like, am I repeating 2019? <laughs> I kind of bit off too much too much I, I'm more than I could chew for 2022 and so I'm trying to proceed carefully like yeah. I'm trying to wrap up I'm wrapping up all my stuff this week and like making all my social media posts for the rest of the year so I can take two weeks like off off there you go which is go. funny like in the past I've never wanted to do that I love writing so much I was like jumping to the next project but this time it's like no like I need to take a break because I don't yeah. want to 2019 myself again. No, you have to. And it's funny how you're like, no, it did pull me out. And I'm sorry, I can't tell you why. Because like, I couldn't tell I you why. That, yeah, I think that's just with mental health issues. I think, you know, because I, I have my own that I, you know, as I'm getting older, I'm learning more like, oh my God, these resources are here. Like I need to use them, you know? And um, I think the more you realize it's like, it makes so much sense that it's just like, I get that it's hard to articulate. Like I get <laughs> yeah. like something just, happen something just fits like it's either the universe or within your own self like something either clicks or you just feel connected and some you know you find a little like tug to where you're trying to get back to and mm-hmm. that just it always is, it always does seem like that it's like something that seems like nothing to anybody else but to you that was the thing you needed you know like I know a guy who was suffering with like this really bad addiction and it clicked for him while well, true like trimming a rosebush mm. and all of a sudden <gasps> and he was like amazing after that and he finally overcame this thing that had been haunting him forever oh, wow. and it's like what about the rosebush but like but like you know our, our minds are, are such interesting things. And like, they're so different from one another. And yeah. So yeah, it is, it's really hard to, to express. Yeah, I know, but that's, that's great. And I'm glad, I think it shows a little bit like with Sarah's story and the way that you kind of, you know, the certain uh, 
connections you make and the bows that you tie around her story <laughs> and like um, how everything fits. I, you know, I, that comes across where it's kind of like, she's, you know, this, her story is a struggle and is heartbreaking and is, it could be depressing at times. And, you know, cause I try to get in the character's brain, like, like how would I feel like if I had been going through the, you know, cause her, she makes a selfless choice and why she decides to be the star mother in the first place. And I, at that point, it was just like, like I just felt a little more connected to her because I was like, oh my gosh, like I would love to be friends with her. Like oh, she would be thanks. someone who I would like love to pick her brain about things or just to kind of see, yeah, like what goes through her mind when she's making decisions, even though like the reader gets that, but it's because our first introduction that we get of her, like she's pulling a prank with her sister, getting her sister in trouble. And it's super funny and cute. Um, which also, I feel like I could go into this because that's what I found interesting was how, you know, her mom, she got the impression that her mom just like was was happy to, that she was betrothed or whatever and didn't really want to pay much other attention to her. But then how did that like influence her feelings as a mom? Like how did that, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, there's like different themes, like how to, or maybe that's why it's because like, that's what she had and she didn't, it, that didn't seem intuitive to her she didn't think that motherhood mother should be like that but it's you know uh, you probably have a lot of things going in your brain where you're like yeah that's in the unabridged version right yeah. <laughs> interesting I but no it yeah it comes across in um your writing where with with her story where she you know I felt for her like not just at the first like when she makes that selfless decision and also like when she she's not screwed over but she kind of like something is a huge thing that happens to her and it's such a mystery and she doesn't even know what to do about it other than but like then she goes back she's like well what can I do I'm gonna go find my family's descendants like I'm Mm -hmm. gonna go that which seems like it says so much about who she is and even then the how her like what's important to her Mm -hmm. um and all that and so um, just before we wrap up here, so yeah, we're going to, what, what can we expect from um, Starfather and getting to know uh, our favorite uh, stoic, it is what it is kind of guy? <laughs> um, so Starfather is, it's, it's going to be Scion's story and it's going to follow new characters. Scion is the only crossover character okay. from Starfather. Okay. Um, everything else is new, but other characters are mentioned. Okay. Right. Because they're part of Scion's story. And so yeah. they're yeah. definitely mentioned. You get to see a little bit more about godlings. Okay. Um, you get to learn more about the moon. You get to learn more about Tareth. I was really excited to do him. So you might not even remember who that is. He's only mentioned twice in Star Mother, but he is the demigod of the ocean. Right. So okay. I get okay. to explore, basically you get to explore a lot more of the mythology outside of like what's hanging in the sky. Right. Right. Um, Earth Mother as well. Mm-hmm. and um and like just get to see a lot of different kinds of gods and godlings and it's it's one part love story and one part quest okay so that's why it's like it's definitely a little bit different it's like because you know stories are very formulaic and it's kind of like I took the formula of this genre and the formula of this genre and I made them have a baby yeah right <laughs> and it's kind of different just like but... you took a uh son and a human and made them have a baby <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah. Like, there you go there's babies happening all over the place I know right the, but they're you know but they're beautiful and they're bright and they're necessary mm-hmm. right like <laughs> yeah you know yeah and you know what's interesting is 
one of the things that I would say one of my biggest struggles with Starfather was I wanted it to be a feminist book. Okay. And I'm like, I could see how some people might look at this and not think it's a feminist book because I have different people's idea of what feminism is is different. Oh, sure. But I, this is probably the first book I've ever had where the female characters outnumber the male. Okay. And so I'm really happy with how my characters ended up turning out because there were some like, you know, I'd go back and forth and, and tweak them and change them. And I'm really happy with how my cast ended up working out. Yeah, I imagine you have like so much to work with because <laughs> when you're like, yeah, when you, I mean, obviously when you build a new world, you have so much to work with. It's whatever you want to do, but just like kind of the capacity that you have to work with um, in terms of like, if you're talking about, you know, celestial beings and the nature of how, you know, there needs to be a certain amount of stars in the sky and like, like, wait, but there's this, you know, overarching concept like of you know, there's beef between the sun and the moon and and stuff like that. It's like, I feel like, and then there are these godlings and like, they remind me of, you know, just like woodland creatures and and Mm -hmm. different aspects and, you know, different levels of um, the extreme of what maybe we've been exposed, readers have been exposed to in the past from other genres. And so, yeah, I imagine just with the nature of the world that you built there, there was just so much to work with. And Mm -hmm. so- and and but it all you know it all fit together you did your thing and um I'm excited to read Starfather because I definitely you know want to get to know Cyan a little bit more um he was an interesting character even though he was very like just a matter of fact or you know the way you described him though like the way you made his personality it just made sense like because he's been what how how else would a, a being that's been alive forever like act and mm-hmm. you know it's he's like it makes sense like he can't you know he can't necessarily get attached he can't necessarily like try to try to do things that maybe he can't what is within his power because it doesn't I'm sure it's I'm sure you're gonna explore I'm just thinking like oh what of a young little baby Zion would have been like that would have been funny because like, <laughs> he's like well, he's making all the mistakes and he's got to learn the hard way you know of how of how things work and stuff like that but um you know ultimately I imagine we're gonna we're, I, I'm excited to, to get to know him a little bit better um, and to also learn about what, you know, what was going on um, with the other, uh, you know, with his other conflicts that he's had to deal with too. So we've got Star Mother, it's out, you can get it. Um, Star Father's coming out on March 8th. Charlie Ann Holmberg, thank you so much once again for uh, being a second time guest and for talking to us a little bit more about um this new release that you got i enjoy reading your work i enjoy seeing like you grow as an author of you know your writing style depending on the world that you're building depending depending on the story that you're telling and exploring and all that i enjoy it all so um well, thank, thank you yeah thank you so much and oh and uh website social media all that good stuff um you my website is charlie Holmberg dot com and i am on facebook and twitter but my favorite is instagram and Mm -hmm. i'm on all three at cn holmberg that's h-o-l-m-b-e-r-g awesome perfect thank you so much looking forward to the next installments i'll i'll keep an eye out for anything else anything else you want to chat about anything else you release we'll be we'll be happy to have you on for a third fourth fifth time whatever (laughs) thank you (laughs) all 